Hey, we're back for the kind of put the the the, the cap on the baldies. Um, do a little wrap up and cap because, it off like a leak in an oil well. Because because this is something. <laughs> uh, I was trying to make a joke about the situation in California, but that's not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, we. So I think I feel like a lot of people liked it, and a lot of people were happy that we get, they got all this kind of content in a lull type period that they can kind of go back through and 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 browse through at their leisure, and then you know do as deep a dive as people want. Um, and the numbers have been pretty good, uh, and I think people realized that it was a massive expansion over what we did last year. But it did fall short of I think some of the goals that we internally set for ourselves because I went back and listened to the the planning podcast. Yeah, so in typical fashion, our wildest successes are dismal failures in our eyes. Yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> uh, it, it shows the uh, the harmful effects of castration. You go back, go back and get a little self critical. But the things that I think we failed at is we didn't have any we didn't have any listener engagement. Now, is that really a problem? Because no one, I didn't see people complaining that hey, we didn't get the vote on shit, or there wasn't a listener award or anything like that. And the other thing is. If they let's say they nominated something like Bates Motel or mm-hmm. you know something that we haven't seen, I think in in people's minds they would say, "Oh, well, then Jim and Aaron will talk about it." But we can't really say anything useful about something we haven't seen. And sure. if and you're also not collectively there to defend your opinion. So if you say that uh, you know Fargo was the best show of last year, and we say that The Leftovers is the best show of last year. Do we just say, hey, and our, our our audience picked uh, Fargo. Well, that's a worthy choice, too. We like, I, I don't know what to do with that information. Maybe we're yeah. evolving to a place where the Baldies are just us. Yeah, so d- despite... Like, you people know, love the Oscars, even though it's only people in Hollywood that are voting on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when... People love and, the Golden all Globes, the even critics, though there's no goddamn rhyme or reason, any of that shit. Yeah, so despite recording 10 hours of, of Baldies content, this yep. is one of the things that we talked about off-air. Uh, in, in uh, to a little bit of of degree here, um. So we did mention like this this issue. What does user participation look like in in an award show where, for the most part, I think the people's choice type stuff is bullshit. Yeah, in this awards isn't, we because don't the people be. haven't seen all of the TV. Probably haven't seen nearly as much TV as the critics, right? Uh-huh. Because that's their fucking job. Uh-huh. Uh And tend to pick stuff that is popular because it's popular. Yeah. That's what a lot of people like out there. Sure. So I, I don't I don't know. It's weird what for us that because we're like. not watching as much television as like the critics do. So we definitely have our blind spots where we're not seeing stuff. Sure. But I agree that I and I don't know from a validity standpoint, because I think whatever our audience likes is just as valid as whatever we like. It's just from yeah, a yeah. you know, what can we do interesting as podcasters with that information? Yeah, if I'm an audience member and I'm listening to Jim like, and Aaron do a, yeah. their baldies and they go, here's our winner and here's why, and they talk about it in depth, then they say, and here's what the users picked. Yeah. But we've never heard of it. We can't talk about it. Is that is that a net plus? Because for I was thinking the like in the the Game Informer magazine, their year their best of year awards. They always have the like editor's choice and then they have the user's choice that's in <laughs> and it's literally like there's a big box where they have like three paragraphs and a screenshot of their game and there's a little box at the bottom that says user picks and it has like a paragraph that someone wrote about why that game's good too. Almost feels like an afterthought. 
Well, I mean, it's good, but the thing is, is there's such it's such shallow coverage. Yeah. And essentially, I feel like that that's you know I like that magazine because I go and say, oh, well, what's the best co-op game? Oh, I never even heard of this. I like playing co-op game. But it's shallow coverage. Like, we specialize in in-depth coverage. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like it'd be super unfair for us to talk five or ten minutes about our best choice. And then, oh, and the user's like this. And we're going to try to... I mean, I guess we could ask for people's feedback. And maybe we can stitch together the best sentences that epitomize why people love that stuff. But it still feels very cold and removed. Whereas, you know, when you and I... Yeah. Like, it's already weird enough that this is... Like, I was talking to Shane last night. We did the Nick, and I mentioned that, you know, the Nick made our top ten, but just barely. And I'm like, well, it's weird because, you know, and he was talking about his top ten list that he did for his site, um, Film Schlubs. And, but that's just him, right? Uh It's already weird enough that we've got to synthesize. It's not your top ten list. It's not my top ten list. It's our consensus compromise top 10 list because if we'd both seen the nick yeah maybe it'd have been higher if neither one of us has seen the nick it's not like the nick is any worse but it's not even on the radar sure so it's already weird enough when you got two people that you're trying to synthesize into one pick now you're adding a bunch of people out there sending emails and how do you do that justice and you know it i feel like the expansion that we did this year it's that again, right? Like it is. involving user feedback takes a lot of overhead it, and it planning because is. we have to weeks out say, okay, it's we're doing this, this is up for vote. Here are the categories. We have to have that hammered out. Uh, we have to have if we're going to take feedback and include it, we have to let people know well in advance. Yep. And other things. And like, how do you do that? Well, ultimately, stops so us shows. from doing the listener engagement this year because it's not like we thought all these things through. <laughs> yeah, uh, we kind of you know fire ready aim kind of things. Um, it's just we couldn't find a technology because the one thing we knew is we did not want to compile. Like we didn't want to just open a thread and just have people mention and be like, okay, synthesize this on a spreadsheet and do all the counts. We wanted a polling software that allow you to vote and allow you to submit your own shit, and then I could moderate that. So if someone misspell the show and now you got two instances of the show i could manually combine the but there's not a lot of software that allows you to do that out there and i could create that given 12 hours or so to bang something out in php but you know i don't that's with with the ability to have write-ins like that was the real stumper yes like because we're not going to list 150 shows that and, came and out. And I also don't I don't year. necessarily want just standard one vote. I want some kind of like first past the post deal so you've got five votes and yeah. you can say you can, you wait, can wait them, them yeah. because otherwise the other shit, you know, the way we select politicians for example, not really valid. There's a lot of problems the way we do that. Um Yeah. I I don't these seem intractable problems and now that I've been through this expanded Baldi's thing, I don't know that they're even necessary. Like who yeah. is who is yeah. like ah oh, fuck the Baldies because there's not Aaron and Jim giving thirty seconds to a listener's choice and also yeah. is there ever going to be a listener's choice that's not going to be in our top five that we talk a lot about anyway? Sure, sure. I th- I think any any of the real solid contenders for winning the thing we've seen. Yeah. And if you want to, you know, you want to give ho- uh, feedback on any of this stuff, send an email to hosts at baldmove.com and yeah. then we'll read it. Because, I, I, you know, Taking I mean, maybe feedback. people, I mean, it's weird because, like, our bread and butter, what's made us great is our listener feedback. It's, and I, it's not, I don't think any one of us are opposed to doing that. It's just that for this particular project, I don't know that there's a satisfying way to work it in. Yeah. 
And if we did, it's essentially going to double the scope of the project. Sure. So um, re- real logistic concerns there. What do you think about the release time? Because I feel like that coming out in the, f- I, I feel like we were a couple. I wish we could have gotten that out like the Monday or Tuesday instead of the Thursday that we did. Oh, you think we were a couple days late? I would argue that we may have been a couple weeks late. Oh well, that's I, okay. Good because, because I, I was going to say the same thing. Like I think ideally the Baldies come out the week between Christmas and New Year's. And that gives people essentially two weeks yeah. when there's no other content coming out to binge on television criticism. And when they have time off. I think that's important, right? Like, yes. Like, I know a lot of people spend that time with family, but a lot of people still, like, you're driving yeah. potentially you're eight hours, 15 hours somewhere. Yeah. You're on planes. You got a, you got a lot of travel. You got a lot of downtime. Uh, a lot of people listen at work, so maybe it sure. would actually be less effective to release this stuff when yeah, you're but not the thing working. Is, is, but... you're um, it's a joke to work between Christmas and New Year's. Unless, you know, I've always said that unless your business is flying planes or delivering packages, yeah. there is no business or customer support. But, like, it's still like a – I mean, I've worked all these different jobs, and it's kind of a ghost town. Retail. But if you got a, you know, white-collar, blue-collar job, most between Christmas and New Year, it's kind of like a dead. So if you're one of the lucky ones – well, unlucky ones that have to work, it's usually kind of like everything's a little bit more low stress. The bosses aren't there. Mm-hmm. I could see this person kick back with their feet in their cubicle listening to hours of podcasts and not doing much else. Yeah, and watching videos and stuff. Sure. sure. There's, uh, there's so probably I... Nazi places that make you actually do work and, and fill out timesheets and stuff like that the week, and I feel sorry for you. <laughs> Uh, but maybe you can have a spreadsheet open that you're piddling with at the same time. I, I feel like, yeah, that's the perfect time. Why did... The other side of that is it took us it's way... a real bad time because shows don't end until like December, mid-December. That's what fucked us over because like Fargo went really late and we should have yeah. in – arguably we should have started doing some of this process in early December. But I remember consciously waiting and honestly mm-hmm. that hurt Fargo because I feel like Fargo slipped several, several points because of our mutual dislike for the UFO plot. Yeah, whereas, I mean, Last Leftovers could have fucked it up, right? Like, yeah, Leftovers could have botched sure. the ending of that series or yeah. that sh- that season, and we would have prejudged it to be great. And, and as, you know, failed. since we recorded the entire process, you could see it took, like, there's only so much you can do to compress that process. Yeah. So... So from a fairness perspective, I feel like releasing it in New Year 2016 mm-hmm. makes more sense. But from and we're also, like a listening perspective... Yeah. And we had to do a lot of other pre-generated content, like the whole week of Christmas, uh, 25 days of uh, Bald Move Christmas, we yeah. had to do... Yeah. So that took up time. Like, there was a lot of time that was taken up by us generating this other pre-generated content. Sure. pre-recorded content. So what are we saying? Like, we want to do... I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with releasing it the week of New Year's because I still think a lot of the same things apply. I think it would be better if we got it out the week between Christmas and New Year's, but how can we compress the schedule a little bit? Well, I, so that's that's what I think we're doing here is saying these are the things we're thinking about yeah. for the next next Baldies. Uh, a lot of it depends on the schedule of the shows we're covering. Sure. You because know, the year if, before that, we didn't have that. Like, everything yeah. kind of shut down... Like the twelfth, yeah. we had two solid weeks where we didn't really have to do anything. For sure, uh, and Fargo wasn't on at all that time, right? Like, yeah, that wasn't a concern. And it depends on the quality of show that's that's out too. Yeah. At that point, if we go like, look, we've been through eight episodes of this show, it's not good. 
it's not going to make the top 10. Let's just call it now and start the Baldies. You could get away with that on shows that aren't the leftovers. But I feel like don't Fargo have the potential came down to, for yeah, the, the, Fargo and the leftovers came down to the wire. They did. Yeah. Real good shows that we wanted to see how they played out. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I I think that's one of those things we have to leave kind of up in the air. Uh-huh. Maybe some of the, because I was like, if, if we had some ideas, we could jot them down. But there's a, maybe some other, there's some synergy some, for, for some other stuff that I'm going to say. Yeah. The other criticism I have personally is I felt like the actual end result, the Baldi's Award Show, felt very perfunctory and matter of a fact. I think that's just an award show, though. <laughs> like, But I don't... I the th- award show don't, doesn't do anything other than tell you here's what we considered and here's what won. But here's the thing, like, there's got to be some way to make this seem fresh after we've hashed this out for 10 to 12 hours. Like, all of our really meaty, interesting arguments We can hire Neil in... Patrick Harris. That's about all we could do. <laughs> well, what if we did... Like, could... We could do skits in between that's the categories. What that's like... what I'm saying. Like, yes, we should get into okay, some... We should actually... Right. And also, instead of just having our top 10 list and... and I think we should actually script, like, we should... We should farm it out like the top five. Like we should both write a minute or two. All right. Why this thing has got cra- like you know actually spend some time to craft something that we essentially read. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested in doing a little more scripted content. Sure. I mean, it might fall flat on his face next year, yeah. but you know whatever. We'll still have the deliberations, and that's. I feel like for the real hardcore fans, that's where all the meat was this year because the award show to me, like after I did, I'm like, man, I felt dumb. Like yeah. it felt like watered down versions of the passion arguments we've been making for weeks. Instead, you want it to be like distilled versions, right? Yeah. Not not watered down, distilled. Yeah. To its essence, and and presented in a fashion that's entertaining. But we didn't we didn't make that effort this year. Uh, the other thing is like a lot of the stuff that we wanted to do that we had ideas for fun stuff, and this might have fed into this previous point about the award show feeling perfunctory. We had to cut because. We either yeah. couldn't remember, like we had this, uh, like the uh, best mother son slap, for instance. Yeah, and we had the best, most unspeakable sex crime, and we read that in the uh-huh. notes. We're like, oh god, were we? Like, what are we? But that was actually a joke about the Better Call Saul Chicago sunroof. Uh huh. And I feel like if we had actually, if we start the year with a document called Baldy's 2016, yep, and. This is something that every month we update. Now, this is this is a big ask for us because we're really terrible in these long, sprawling, little bit at a time type projects. But I think if we did, we start a, doc- a document right now, Baldi's 2016, and anything that tickles us as the year goes by, we jot it down in a bullet list with enough context that we'll understand it. We can't just put unspeakable sex crime because what the fuck does that mean nine months later? Yeah. Um I think we might be able to do that because what it was is we wanted to do that stuff, but like, okay, mother and son slap. There was Lori to Matt, and there was um, uh, who is the woman Mandy? Who's the woman for Fear the Walking Dead? Madison. Yes, Maddie Madison to, to Matt no, it wasn't to Chris. Matt? Was it the Matt? Also a Matt. Too many Matts. Uh. But there again, you can't even remember the fucking character. So we need yeah. to start, and then at the end of the year, it's it's essentially a, it's a collation of like, okay, how what what of these situations can we put into funny categories and then have artificial? Yeah, that would have gone a long way to I think make the show seem like it had more spice and humor. Definitely, that's my own personal plan is to to keep one of those documents as kind of a rolling thing and go back, you know. Whenever I say, oh, aha, here's something that fits into that category or here's yeah. a new category I'd like to create and keep an eye on that stuff throughout the year. And then 
potentially like assuming we don't have enough to turn that stuff into actual categories that we then vote on. Like yeah. we have, we have, you know, Lori and Matt, uh, Madison and Matt, maybe we turn that stuff into a skit somehow. Maybe we turn that into some of our scripted content. Yeah. Like just come up, brainstorm some ways to do that. But yeah, I, that's definitely a priority is keeping track of that stuff throughout the course of the year. The other thing is I actually thought I was actually proud of the list that we came up with and the winners. Like I don't have a single complaint about that, but we also spent 12 plus hours getting to those. If we keep a document where every time we watch a show at the conclusion, one of the action items is to rank it. Mm -hmm. So like the first show we watch is going to be the walking dead probably. And it's going to be the number one show of 2016. Then Better Call Saul comes out and concludes, and it's like, okay, well, that's now the number one. Walking Dead's number two. If ev- as we do the shows we watch, if we slot those into those bullet lists, but does that take away from the deliberations? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to record all those those mini sessions, right? But that would I. That's tedious. That's going to be. I feel like that's. Yeah. That's why I, I don't know I if that's. I don't know and it doesn't eliminate the recency bias because you get into December and you're saying, okay, is Fargo better than the first ha- the last half of season six it, of The Walking Dead? But it's hard to argue that it's not better because as we're making the argument, like, well, we had this show as number one. If you're saying this new show is better, you have to really think about it. And whenever you're making that decision, it's going to be sooner than when you're just arbitrarily looking at it at the end of the year. And you're just trying to remember all the shows you watched and why you. But it might them. not be. Let's say Better Call Saul this year is our number one throughout the entire year. We get to December, and now we're judging against a show we saw. That's what in I'm February. saying. But we're making the argument throughout the year. So, like in April, Game of Thrones came out. Was it better than Better Call Saul? No. Well, what were the reasons? Yeah, we're... but still judging against that show, like that December show against that February show. But what I'm saying is repetition through emphasis. If you are. Or emphasis through repetition. It keeps it fresher. If you're, your yeah, mind. if you're having to make that argument every three months, then those arguments are going to be fresher yeah, in your mind so. than if you just haven't thought about it since March. I, it's uh-huh. an idea. I don't, but I, on the other hand, I think the best part of our show was the deliberations, and you're essentially gutting all those. You're going to have, well, here's the list that we've spent a year arguing about. Is there anything that jumps out at you as incorrect? Like, is that. Yeah, or maybe we do that for the like, shows, and that would give us more time to do the actors and actresses. Yeah, that gets tough, too. I feel like maybe a better review of the shows would help us, too. Like, when we're deliberating these things, go through IMDb and say, okay, here's here are the, the 10 episodes. What are the stands out, standouts? Why did they stand out? That might also help, because I, I feel like we just had kind of these vague ideas of why a show was good. Uh, when we were trying to deliberate, some of them. I mean, some stuff like the, that's what I mean. Like, if, if thing, for like, those shows, I don't think the we leftovers went... benefited. I mean, it benefited Certain, from recency bias. But I think yeah. if that show came out in March, it would have been the yardstick that we measured every other show by. Yeah, but I think for the shows that we don't quite remember very well, going back during the deliberation and saying here is here is the show in a nutshell. Yeah, uh, or the shows we don't remember is that kind of a damning metric already. <laughs> no, no, I there's so we do so much shit. I watch so many shows in a year I that I don't think so. I'm saying like I don't feel like I had a hard time remembering maybe exactly why I liked Better Call Saul, but I felt like I had a real hard time with Mad Men. Mad Men Mad was Men, like especially since it was this haze. it's only seven episodes and it was split into two, and but there wasn't any you know yeah. they, they were all kind of a piece. Yeah, I see 
Mad Men might have been, and because also Mad Men was during the Game of Thrones silly season, yeah, where we were working pretty hard anyway. Um, yeah, hard not to argue about that. So maybe we were a little more thorough during our deliberations, have a little more purpose with our, with with, you know, the evidence that we present. So uh, do you think we should keep a running tab of the shows and the actors and actresses, or no? I think I really agree that that kind of destroys deliberations. The last thing I want to do is to make the deliberations part less fun. Like, yeah. We already had a problem with our deliberations made our show less fun. If we have pre-deliberations that rob the deliberations of their color and verve, then what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, I think you're right. That probably would lessen those. So okay. I, I don't think I want to do that. What I what I do want to do is keep maybe some running notes on for the fun stuff. why we liked why we liked what we liked as we watch it. Okay. So that our thoughts on it are kind of recent. Um, and then say, like, look back at our thoughts, and maybe that'll jog our memory and the, the feelings we had about it, and then kind of judge with those thoughts what was better at the end. The other thing I really wanted to do is I want to move towards envelopes, as, envelopes and tuxes. Uh, okay. More of a, yeah, I, sure, I agree. I kind of want to, like, <laughs> uh, maybe... I think we should Sean Connery it. We should make it very clear that we are in our underpants. No, no, that's what I'm saying. But like, from I, the all waist that up. Like, we're, we're wearing sweatpants or whatever, but from the waist uh-huh. up, we're all cummerbund and bow ties and, <laughs> and vests and what. Make, and make it tails. obvious that this is a facade. Sure. But I'm thinking, like, even should we build a podium? Definitely. And, and switch our studio because it's the end of the year. We can. We can destroy Get the studio. Get a green screen up. Get a green. Yeah. Put us like in the, pipe on in, the beach. Pipe in applause and laugh lines <laughs> and like really have fun with the production of it. But that's going. there's a lot of tension between the lateness in the year we do that and how much we can go full throttle these ideas. Yeah, that's true. Building a set and putting on a tux and all that stuff. And again, I guess if the show is only 50 minutes or an hour like it was this year – it's a lot easier to do than if it's a sprawling two and a half hour deal. But Definitely. I would really like to get towards, I think it would add a lot to like the, and the winner is pause, you know, uh, what a leftover is 2016. Yeah. I, I think that would be kind of cool. Do we want to get, have cheesy, like little league style trophies? Who do, who do we give them to? What do Oh, it'd be funny to mail it to. Mail them. Yeah, I think we should come up with the baldies and mail it to. Or it'd be funny to have shelves behind us that we just put the winner, previous winners, you know, <laughs> for, uh, of the shows. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously. Or not, you could have, like, like, like what we did here. at the Fantasy Football, the, or at the last place I worked, is we had, like, a really cool Heisman-style trophy that we had, like, nameplates. There was, like, six to each side, so you had six times to 12, 18 nameplates. And every year we take the plate off, uh, one of the blank ones off, and engrave the name and the year of the winner. Like you could have the Baldi's drama, and we could have. So it'd be kind of like you look back, and there'd be this history. Uh huh. Like, you know, it's 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 fake and jokey, but after like five to ten years, it's actually got some kind of heft so, to it. So maybe you get to be on the trophy for the year. Like we engrave. So the nameplate comes off every year. Right, so like the first year, like the, the main nameplate, like there's the like big we'll one on put, the front. Yeah, the leftovers, the, uh, Justin Thoreau, the Baldies, the Baldies Award Regina for Dramatic King. Television. Yeah, yeah, and although, and it, each well, we just put we just put. Your although name the other thing the we forgot to do is you had the brilliant idea of calling it the BMA Awards, the Bald Move Awards. Uh huh. Well, that's this would be the BMAs. BMAs, yeah. but they're informally called the Baldies. I think we fucked up. We should call these the BMAs. 
but the award is the ball. Right, well, next year we switch it up again. <laughs> okay. Like this is not set in stone. Can for we sure. make a bust of of Patrick Stewart? Can that be the ball? Because that's certainly we can. How I think we... we should make it with him as Lacutus of Borg. <laughs> <laughs> How would we do that? Because I don't think you can just get like a nice three or four inch bust of patrick stewart we'd have to oh we, you can't we so we commission like somewhere a, on the internet we commission an artist to like make one and then we have it bronzed and we screw that to a wood base and then we're in have business. it 3d printed sure whatever 3d printed yeah hmm. i think you maybe you maybe want it to look a little chintzy i don't know uh and then we call it the stewies instead of the baldies <laughs> not nah, the baldies still the baldies yeah, the, the BMAs, ball uh, move but, but awards. Something that so, makes it fun know. and a little bit, and then and like fake prestigious, and maybe it turns into real prestigious. So who the hell knows? Like, yeah, uh, 20 I don't, years I don't from know now. what this looks like. I don't know what I'm doing in 10 years. <laughs> Hope, hopefully, I'm doing something like this that's fun and cool, but who knows? Yeah. The great podcast apocalypse of 2018 could hit and wipe out entire crops. It could. But yeah, I think, I think going a little more all out on the production, the tongue in cheek yeah. nature of it is a good idea. Yeah. And it's if, like, if you we know, time, you're not going to you know? break the bank by renting a tux and building a fake podium. Yeah. Like we could knock together a fake podium even We in built the a fake table. We can build a we fake, built the fake Yeah, we certainly can. <laughs> we certainly can. And then, like, again, like, then the expansion for 2017 would be, like, eventually, you know where I'm going with this. You eventually... want Patrick Stewart presenting a bust of himself. <laughs> ah! Dude, if that had, well, we got a race because we, we, we got a, we got yeah. a fame and money and his lifespan <laughs> that we have to get to certain thresholds to make this happen. Right, um, right. Well, so we could have Jonathan Frank's, Frank's give it as There well. you go. There you go. Make it. And it'd be the, the, the Memorial Award, the Baldi's Memorial Award. Um, so I, but where I'm going with this is like eventually – you know, because we're going to try to experiment with some local meetups this year, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the goals we have, yes? Yeah, I'd like to. Um, if we get, like, you know, we get these local meetups to where there's 20, 30 people showing up, next step is rent a hotel conference room, yeah. decorate it out. You don't need the padded applause, the fake get, applause. Get, get, the ball, get the baldies going for real. Like, you know, have a cash bar, get people <laughs> get people drinking, uh, have yourself, uh-huh. like, a, like, a real, like, a, 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 five years... Baldi's 2018, 2019, I would like it to be an actual event. That'd be sweet. That's lightly attended it. and it's not getting any press or anything, but like it's fun for it's fun for the fans and for us. Yeah. Okay. I think we invite we invite the local press. <laughs> Send out a press release? Yeah. Okay, sure. I mean, why not? <laughs> Because if cameras like a camera crew shows up, it's just even it's bonus. Sure, bonus. Yeah. Like, what would they even make of it? I don't know. Um, okay, so anything else we want to talk about? Uh, no. I think I think those are all of the major shortfalls we. Well, had, the other I thing that I, I need to do is we need to document the winners every year because fuck this going back and having to listen to podcasts to find out what we said last year. Oh well, if we don't use the same document, that's that's fine. That that will do it. Yeah, but I'm saying like on the website, we should publish these somewhere. Like we should have maybe in the about section or someplace that's easily acceptable, accessible. Find the Baldies. Who was the top ten? Because the, the Baldies first year wasn't even the Baldies; it was just a top ten. But I guess yeah. that's the that's the first ever Baldies for dramatic. The the dramatic yeah. category will have one year of history on all the other categories. Uh huh. Um, it would be funny to mail those out to people, though. 
Like, what would what would uh, Damon Lindelof think? He gets something <laughs> from UPS, and it has a Baldi's Award 2015 Best uh-huh. Drama, The Leftovers. And it's shaped like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bizarre. Oh, God. I would love it. Especially if you stylize it. Like, it's, you know, like, you could essentially cut the head off an Oscar and screw it. And it's, it's kind of what Patrick Stewart looks like, yeah? <laughs> kind of yeah so like that's the baldy no it'd be it'd be pretty i don't know I, I wonder what they would what they would do if you'd send that send that through the appropriate channels it would I'd, be a rest- I, I would hope at the very least they would send a thank you yeah they or, would send a gracious laugh. acknowledgement of yeah. the award yeah but uh if know, they ever even saw it um yeah i mean we could do that because like the, the thing is like literally trophies are fucking cheap yeah you can you can get a fairly nice looking trophy for like nothing so, um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think that was, there was one other thing I wanted to, hmm. My dream would be to have that show up in like a documentary somewhere. Yeah. Like I was looking at the, uh, the back in time, the back to the future documentary. And there's a mm. shot of like, uh, Michael J. Fox sitting in his, in his studio or whatever. And he's got all his trophies up on the wall. And like to see oh, just like a Baldy in the of background. Damon Lindelof interview uh, ten years from now, and he's sitting in front of all of his awards. And, and there's there, a Baldy. There's up like there. a blurry Baldy's in the background. Yeah, that would be pretty. That'd be pretty awesome. Amazing. Okay, yeah. The other thing I was thinking of is like I, I need to find some place to curate the the list of winners from year to year because that's the thing. Like okay. I couldn't even tell you what our top ten was from 2014. Yeah. Even though I just looked at it like three weeks ago. It's hard for me. Like I, that's yeah. the thing. Like I'm pretty good at remembering stuff that happens in the shows we cover. But like the meta stuff about Bald Move, that shit is through my mind like water through a sieve. <laughs> I don't know why, but like you know, uh, yeah. I I just can't remember. It's really just the big events that stick with me, like the the day in and day out, like what we talked about on a podcast. Yeah, like that's the, gone immediately. Like I find that the pe- the that the people listening to our podcast are much better at remembering our inside jokes and all that shit than we are. Yeah. We'd have to make a conscious effort to make some of those things a thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, all right. Well, that's that's the review. That's kind of the mission statement for 2016. And uh, hopefully, you guys all enjoyed the Baldies and and you're uh, excited about the direction we're going to move them next year. And here's to I no longer worry about running out of good television. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Like, if anything, it seems like it's going to get harder and harder to see everything because all like yeah. I didn't anticipate every Tom, Dick, and Harry channel and every new media outlet <laughs> make in Yahoo. I didn't anticipate everyone making good shit. Yeah, and so much of it. So I'm not worried about it. Here's to a great year of television in 2016.